When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it's Derek here, introducing you to this week's episode with none other than Tim Sweeney. If you do not know Tim Sweeney, you've heard either a mix of his, a DJ set, or a radio show brought to you by his now almost 25-year-old Beats in Space, a very, very storied institutional radio show DJ mix series that I've been listening to for a long time, and it was an honor to have the chance to interview him from the Apple Music Studios. And I was really excited to speak to him because someone that has frequented the halls of a radio station doing covering dance music in in such a prolific way for so long can only have, must have so much experience, so many stories to tell about what it's like to be at the forefront of documenting dance music as it evolves. And he's had absolutely everyone that you can imagine of, of note on Beats in Space at one point or another. I just wanted to add that he mentions DFA a few times. And if you don't know what DFA is, it's DFA Records, an independent record label that was started in 2001 by Mo Wax, co-founder Tim Goldsworthy, as well as James Murphy from LCD Sound System and manager Jonathan Gulkin. So important that you know that because he mentions it a few times, but I hope you enjoy it. It was such an honor to be able to speak to Tim Sweeney. Enjoy. It's Derek G Speaks Volumes and get ready because we have a very, very, very exciting guest. I'm very excited to introduce to you one of the most important people in music, I think. I know that's a big thing to say, but we'll get into why. He's a broadcaster. He's a DJ. He's a curator. He is uh, such a huge contributor to the uh, celebration of music. He is Tim Sweeney. Hello. How are you? Derek, that was a huge intro right there. Thank you very much for that. I'm honored, and thank you for having me on your show. It's, it's my pleasure. And if people don't know Tim Sweeney, then we should definitely tell them who you are, from my side, I would love for you to introduce everything about what you do. Well, by the way, we can see behind you, we have the, the glowing yes. uh, fruit icon, the uh, apple. Uh, you're, you're coming from the, before we get into your, your, your full biography, um, where are you coming to us from? From New York, uh, here at the Apple Music Studio uh, in New York City. Has it been a day, how often do you record your show? It's weekly, right? It is weekly still, but I'm I'm um, here kind of all the time doing different things, different projects. I tend to wonder that. I was, you know, you do your show, and then you know, does he bump around the office, or or is he, uh, you know, just drop in? And but it seems like you 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 got a lot Derek, going on. I like to work hard, man. You know, like that's <laughs> that's what I I do. So I'm saying I, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there's like a there's a lot of different you know, parts to it, a lot of moving parts to it. And um, I'm recording actually uh, a lot of shows, uh, you know, each week it could be that I'm recording a couple different shows or doing interview or doing my DJ mix or, you know, like there's different things that I, I could be doing. Um, there's really always something that can be done, you know, to improve things. So the way that I like to treat this show is that, there's a theme and, you know, we've discussed on email this kind of theme and I've been really hell bent on the idea of whether you agree with it or not, like cultural institutions and yourself being part of that. And uh, this, what you've done has come from college radio to be something that's now gone on for how many years now? Is it your radio show? Uh, well, tw I started in 1999. So, yeah. yeah, wow. So we're getting up to 25 we're, years, like next yeah. year, I guess, right? Coming up on Insane, it. insane. I've been doing radio for 10, 11, so I can't imagine 
all the all the music that's in your head. But uh, the topic that we're, we're exploring is that kind of that longevity of radio and institutions through through doing something for a long time and and celebrating music. So as an introduction, I'll do a little one and then I'd love to hear more. But basically, Tim Sweeney now hosting a show on on Apple Music has been doing the much loved, I don't know how you describe it, dance music show, electronic music show, house music show for 25 years, whether it's on WNYU or, or on Apple Music. And I think if you're a fan of music, especially dance music, you know Beats in Space because you've listened to it. It's just a fact. In your life, you have listened to either Tim or one of his guests. And uh, why I was so excited to speak to Tim is because of doing it for so long, you're going to see some things. You're going to experience some things. You're going to observe so much about what's going on in uh, a particular area of culture. And yeah, tell us tell us more about how you talk about beats and space to people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, I, I, I started in 1999 and that was when I was a freshman at NYU. And I actually, you know, I started on WNYU. I actually played on the radio, um, kind of two years before that. Um, I can't like in high school, I came up and um, played on the radio at WNYU twice. And I was like, this, I want to go here. This is what I want to do. You know, like, how can I make this happen? Because, yeah, in high school, that's kind of, I mean, it was really like eighth grade is when I got like hooked on DJing. And then by like high school, um, I started playing like on a couple different radio shows and it was college radio things like one my brother had a college radio show and then I played like um I was in Baltimore at the time and I played on the University of Maryland and you know it just it clicked with me because it was it was similar to you know just practice you know I would practice all the time at home and so this was kind of like a, a similar thing um, where you're just kind of by yourself and you, but you still think of, Hey, there's a crowd out there, you know, like, um, that's part of it always like thinking about the crowd, but at the same time, the radio experience is different than the, the club experience. How do you, do you feel like college radio is a, it's still, it hasn't gone away. It's still very important. Do you think it was like, is an important thing to, to, provide to students or as an avenue for sure um you know this is especially in new york uh there aren't really that many opportunities on the radio um to play different music you know like non-mainstream music there just there aren't a lot of, of opportunities for that and so you know college radio provides that outlet and so yeah, I mean, for me, going that that route was the only way I saw it. Like, I I couldn't see this direction where I'm going to Hot ninety seven or something like that, uh, you know, right away. Because no one what they weren't weren't playing it, uh, the music that I was playing. You know, I was getting these tapes from London from like pirate radio shows. So I was really interested in pirate radio, and. Like, oh, I found a pirate radio station here in New York and played on that. And I was like, okay, um, you know, what what other what what can I do that's like like that, but maybe like a step more than that? Because the pirate radio here in New York compared to London, pirate radio in New York was like, you know, a few block radius, uh, where I think the London ones ended up being a lot bigger uh productions. Yeah, wow. And is that how Beats in Space was devised? Uh, kind of to do, as you said, taking something a bit further? You said, I, was it always, you know, yourself and then a guest? No, the, the start of it was was just me all the time. For I mean, the start of it was like a three-hour radio show. I played from 1 to 4 a.m. on, um, I think, like Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings. Um, and I did that for a while, and that was on 
that was on the AM radio side. Like they have two stations, um, WNYU. It's a little weird um, because they only have the FM station Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. And then all the other times it switches to uh, this AM radio, which really didn't go anywhere. Like it only went broadcast to the dorms. And that's why I actually, I started uh, a website for Beats in Space because I wanted more listeners. And I wanted more than just the dormitories. And like I had a space, I had a studio and I can record, but um, you know, I just, I didn't have the listeners. So at that time it was before mp3s uh if you can believe there was a time before mp3s uh yeah i know so um i actually would record i mean the first ones i recorded to cassette tape and then i would record it back into my computer in real time and i would encode it as real audio files that was the thing that was used you know, before MP3s, it was these real audio files. I don't know what the quality of that would be nowadays, but bad. But I could I could upload the whole radio show. Um, and that's what I did at the start um, to get more listeners kind of worldwide because I was on like a lot of like email lists, you know, mailing lists at a time, like, you know, the rave list or the, you know, like those kind of, you know, IDM mailing list and that kind of thing. And so I, I would write to people, Hey, check this out. This will, you know, this is a radio show I did. Um, you know, you might like this. Uh, so I, I built the website and I just started doing the radio shows. And then I started reaching out to people to be guests on the show. And I think the guest thing, you know, that kind of snowballed because, you know, you have one guest and then you can get another one that's maybe connected and then you just go from there. So, yeah, wow. It, I no joke, maybe because I'm a too emotional of a person, I, I've gotten <clears throat> some, some tingles, like some goosebumps a little bit because I think what made me smile about that was that you always knew that this was bigger than. There's an audience could be bigger than, you know, your the dormitories, like you said, and that you wanted, you could see that there'd be a world of people that'd be into this. So, like, not everyone starts a website, not everyone goes to the effort to, to record your show, to upload it, to share it, to to get it out there. And I do think that Beats in Space, my connection with it, I've never listened, I never listened to it live. It's always been, it's Beats in Space has always just been. And it, I'm sure it's been that almost since the beginning, which is, which is why I find that really cool. That did you you must you must have known somewhere that like, this is. I want people to hear this, and I don't want it to be like a local thing. Yes, I mean it's not like I was, um, I didn't have a vision of it being, you know, a huge deal or anything. Um, it was kind of just. I want more listeners than I don't think anyone at the NYU dorms cared at all. You know, like I don't that I wanted to find some people who actually were 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 into it. You know, and and for me that meant you know a lot of the music I was playing was in Europe, so I need people in Europe listening to it. I need to record this, and then I need to get it out there to to more people. And that's you know, I think that's always been the case that I'm trying to find more listeners and and more people that would be interested in in you know what I'm trying to to do here you you remind me you reminded me of when I was in community radio they would have a listen back for a week on the website and I would find the code the source code for it and then get that audio recording and rip that and then put that on my own <laughs> yeah mixed club page so it's like yeah it's one of those things it's like i put so much work into this and i was on the graveyard shift which i think is a great shift and and, and then putting that somewhere and then it kind of lives another life which it does and one yes everyone has to do the graveyard shift it, that that's uh, for sure everyone has to experience that but two is like i think that is something that i found is that um i also really like documenting 
things. I and I like saving things. You know, I am a record collector, right? And I'm a book collector. And like I like collecting things, unfortunately. And I'm the same way with with the radio shows. Like I don't I like I have every radio show that I've done. You know, I've Incredible. I have a recording of it. It's cassette tape, it's dat tape, it's um CDR, it's the mini disc, and then it's, you know, files on the computer, but I have everything. And, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is my, this is my history. This is me. You know, like when I'm dead, this is the only way anyone's going to, you know, remember me. I mean, at this point, I'm kind of like, well, there's so much of it. No one's actually, you know, like I'm more realistic, like no one's going to really care. But, uh, you know, for me, it's just like, I, I need it. Like may, maybe one of those moments is the moment, you know, and I want to go back to it. I don't actually usually go back to any of the radio shows. I don't go back and listen to them because I'm always going forward, you know? Like I remember things from the past, but I am always moving forward with them. Oh, yeah. Like it's that's so important with radio and you kind of have to. You have to stay relevant. You have to you're only as good as your last show and you have to make sure that next show is good. And what what point, was there a point where you felt like, because I don't know for myself when I came across Beats in Space, was there, was there a moment where you felt like, oh, oh shit, like this is something special. This is something that people care about. This is something, whether you thought influential or you thought, okay, this is not just me in a booth doing something. Yeah, there was that, there was actually that moment for me. And, and it, well, I can't remember the year now, but I could, could look it up. But it was, I, I was at DFA. So it's going to be like, you know, it was probably around like 2003 or something like that. Um, and I was working at DFA um, when I wasn't at the radio station. And they were, um, I had this um, recording, you know, I would get all the new DFA stuff before anyone else and I would play it on the radio show. That was the fun, you know, thing to do. And I had this um, Delia and Gavin Releve track with the Carl Craig remix. And I remember playing that and I they told me at DFA, like, you know, you can play this, but just don't, don't let anyone, like, you have to talk over it. Um, and so I remember I, I talked to, I don't know what I said on it. I should go back and listen to that to see what I was saying while talking over it. But what I remember was, um, I mean, that track is so good. Like one of my favorites to play out at a, at a club. Um, but I remember there was like a huge response to that because everyone wanted that remix because it was so good. And then there was a big response because I was talking over it. So it was annoying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was annoying. Um, so, um, yeah, that's hasn't changed, I guess. But um, that that's when I remember, like, the response to that where it was, like, so many people, you know, asking about it and writing about it and being like, you know, have you heard that one? Then, then I saw, like, that I had an actual you know, I could reach more people. I could like get a message out there, you know? And, and that did, I'm not saying something switched in me either. Cause I don't, I never changed the way I did the radio show when I like saw that happening. It was just like, that's okay. This is fun. You know, doing it for as long as you have almost 25 years thereabouts. What, what keeps you, going to because i think about a lot i talk to a lot of people about it especially my audience about like kind of getting tired of music and and kind of getting stuck in the notion that the things that were good before aren't as good now and you have to keep moving what makes you excited like you said a, a present for me a present for the audience like why why have you what has kept that fire going for you? Because uh, it's fun to find music and it's fun to hear like what other people are playing. And it's like, I'm excited 
those DJs, I'm booking all these DJs, you know, and I want to hear what they play. I want to hear what they bring, you know, and I'm not into everything, but I still enjoy people seeing people that are also enthusiastic about it. And uh, like that inspires me. Like when I see someone who younger and who like really wants to um, like do a good job and especially when they like put in work on doing the radio show mix, that inspires me too. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's how, that's what I want because every week I want, you know, I want to put a lot of work into the music that I'm playing um, because I have this opportunity to show off the the great music that there is out there and I want to show off the best music that I can. And I think if, if I ever get, um, you know, if I ever get uh, kind of bored or it's not bored, but like if I ever get down about things or like, you know, or frustrated or something, you know, I turn to music to get out of that funk. Right. You know, and it's like that, that's where I dig deeper or it's either I dig deeper or I go to back to some classics that make me feel better. Right. And I, I put that into the radio show. So for me each week, it's kind of like it's documenting, you know, my emotions, my state, you know, and I can kind of like, it's, it's just not, it's not boring for me to, to go and find music and play it for people. It's, it's exciting to see what, what's next and what we can kind of where we can go with it. Yeah. You like being like, obviously you DJ, you're a tastemaker. You're also a conduit, like you said, for the things that you find really cool or, or like even a, a pre, you know, a presenter of these things and the instincts for me to reach out to you, we followed each other for a little bit, not that long, but then that, that RP boo mix and clip of him <laughs> doing like footwork and DJing and like, that was incredible. And I watched that, right? And I shared it and we talked about it for a little bit, but I was like, I'm seeing something so special, whether people know it or not, which is like a microcosm of a person that was, a, you know, one of the founders of a genre, doing something, celebrating it, enjoying it, acting it out, like not acting it out, like, you know, performing it out in front of you and I'm like I'm seeing so many things happening in this one short clip I gotta talk to Tim <laughs> like <laughs> you must see that stuff all the time like where it's just like I'm seeing something happen that's like part of a much larger thing well Derek I'm glad you liked that one um and because that was special and I don't think that happens all the time you know like you can't ever get I mean that was what was special for me too is like yeah you're like that this moment I'm documenting you know the this guy the, the founder of footwork here and you know like i'm getting the story there and you're seeing him dj and you're seeing him dancing and you're seeing his enthusiasm for it and you know that that inspires me that pushes me too cuz he just you know he only 10 years ago left his day job to do this full time and you know like that those kind of stories it's amazing and, and it's it's fun and like yeah that's that keeps me going it's like i want to find that again you know that yeah. that was great so cool so let's talk about guests let's talk about so to give people a bit of context like you have had pretty much any important dj at some point in their career on beats in space you can look it up They've been there. They've been on there. Whether you found them when they've just started DJing, whether they're like, okay, I have to do my beats in space because I'm now established and he's asked me and now I've got to do it. It's just a fact, which is wild to me. And it's a catalog. And like what – I want to know everything about that, like how you find them, what the criteria is, what – like sure, you have lots of people that maybe don't blow up, but then you have had everyone – what how does that work how do you think about it where do you look how do you discover tell me all about it yeah that's a it is a good question um i guess you know uh 
because I'm wondering if it it kind of has changed at all over the years. Um, because now I would say the the only difference now is that um, you know, I talk to them a lot more. Like there's the interview part, and that's become a bigger part of the show now. So it is something in the back of my mind a bit more of okay, what are we gonna talk about? Um, so you know, with that, I do like someone who ha is has like a album happening around then. I mean, that is always the easier way to get someone on the radio show is they have an album that they're promoting or a record release that they're promoting. If they're in promoting mode, that's how you can easily get someone that you want. You know, when I started, it was um, also just like, it's looking at who was in New York, who was playing in New York, and getting in touch with them and just, you know, asking them to come on the radio show. And so I think who I was getting in touch with is just, it's the artists that I was playing on the show or artists I've heard about. Um, you know, now a lot of times, yeah, there are, there are artists that I've heard about and that I want to see DJ. Maybe I haven't gone out to see them play. And so I'm like, you know what, going to have them here and check them out. You know, like, what is it that everyone's talking about? I want to see this. I want to hear what they're playing. Um, and I want to check it out. So, yeah, the, I mean, the process for me is, you know, the, yeah, it's a lot of different ways that I, I would say I get someone on the radio show because, you know, I could meet some, I could be DJing out and I could hear someone play and be like, hey, that was amazing please, like, you got to come on the radio show. Um, I can hear a record that I really like, and I was like, I need to talk to this person. I need to hear this person DJ. I want to hear more music for them, and I'll get in touch with them. Um, or, yeah, or it's like I see someone on a lineup, and I'm like, hey, you're in New York. Come on down, you know, if you can. Well, you've seen, I'm guessing at this point, thousands of DJ mixes. What? What makes a great mix? There, there are definitely different answers there uh, for you, but um, you know, for me, what what I love to see in a mix um, is when someone's like thought about it, and you know, I love a a story in a mix. Um, I think I, I, I mean, I love a story in general, right? You know, when you do an interview you want a story. And I think when you have someone on the radio show for a DJ mix, you you want a story with that mix because that's kind of what lasts longer and that's what makes it more interesting, right? So um, for me, you know, if, if someone is telling a story there, that's fun and they've thought about it. Like that hour long mix is more than just a mix of music. So, um, and, and that has to do, I mean, that's, that's digging and, and finding something someone hasn't heard, or it's having tracks, uh, also that maybe you've produced that, you know, no one else has, or doing some edits, things like that. Those are all really fun, um, to have in the mix. At the end of the day, it's also just... Like, is this fun to listen? You know, do I like enjoy listening to it afterwards? Do I want to listen to it again and again and again kind of thing? Yes. I go back to um, Powder's Beats in Space mix all the time. I think because it starts off so beautifully. It starts off with like a kind of, uh, I don't even know what the instrument is, but like it's like a vibraphone, like Peter Jolly, I think the name was, uh, track. And it's just like, it just sets the tone. I think there's like, you you could almost talk talk about like a meal or something like that. It just cleanses the palate, whatever it does. And I just keep going back to it because like it's speaking to me in a certain way and telling me, pay attention, as opposed to like, bang, we're in 120 BPM. Um, that's what I guess you mean by story a little bit. I, a little bit, uh, but I would, I mean, and I love powder. So that I'm glad you mentioned that one because I do think when she DJs, you know, she is telling a story. Um, but I think it, it is like the, there's a few ways like in the mix of telling a story. Yes, there's like a, uh, maybe a easy ramp 
up of the mix. But it's also like with your track selection, like where is it going? Like is it like may if there's lyrics in it, maybe there's something in these lyrics that, you know, that it's saying, right? Or maybe it's the story is uh this person just went to Japan and got all these crazy records that we've never heard and here's this story, you know? Or here's a story uh of Turkish psych rock records, you know, put together and you're kind of like figuring out this other genre that you don't know. So um I think, you know, there's there's different ways of doing it. Uh, uh and that's kind of the the fun part of it and to see how each DJ would do it. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's in my mind, if you're a, a, a dance music DJ, there's the essential mix. There's, in my opinion, the essential mix, the uh, resonant advisor mix. There's beats in space. I think as like you have to do once. Am I wrong? I, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay yeah. they've done it amazing they've done it type thing to me anyway from an outsider looking in do you feel like you know you spoke about london earlier and or like uk and pirate radio i wanted to touch briefly on like djs and cultures like especially like rp boo is so different from powder do you do you get a sense of culture and djing and and the differences and how it's uh, treated or approached yeah, I mean, and that is a good point. Looking at Powder and RP Boo, and um, and I think for sure this experience on the radio show and listening to their mixes, you know, shows you, uh, yeah, culturally there is a difference happening there, and and I love like RP Boo, like you're hearing Chicago music you know inner city chicago this is you know the and this is a small scene remember you know like this isn't like everywhere in chicago this this footwork scene is small but it's cool when you think about it that this actually this comes from chicago house right and then it goes into gets sped up and it goes into ghetto tech and then it gets sped up even more and then it goes you know into footwork Right. And then it, and then it becomes this, you know, and you're like battling this, but it's still small groups of people doing it. it. It's it's cool seeing the, you know, I think that's that's fun to um, find these little these smaller genres and to be able to to highlight them. And because now I think that was a lot easier back in the day that you would have, uh, you know, OK, this is Baltimore Club. And, you know, this is Detroit techno and, you know, like this sound coming out of these scenes. Now it's just everything is definitely way more global. There's still happening like a sound in, in scenes, but it's just like, a, I think a little bit harder to find, but it's still happening. But um, I think it, it's fun uh, for me to to find those those cultural things um, like Barish Ka, when he was on the radio show, he did that. He did a Turkish, um, like, psych funk uh, mix, and for me, that was that was important um, to document uh, because it wasn't something I knew a lot about, and 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 it and I loved it, and I wanted to know more. And I, you know, like I'm one of those people, like when I hear something that I love, like I just want to eat everything. You know, I I want to find like every record and I just want to eat them all up basically. And, and so I am like that on, on different genres and I just want to find, go back to the very start and know everything, you know, as much as possible. So um, for, for me, like, yeah, getting that document and having, having people on the radio show who are, who just know the most about those cultural things that's that's what i want on the radio show teach me you know that that is what yeah. i want 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I've been thinking a lot about this recently, actually, about like the people that are able to like contextualize or put, you know, translate or like present culture in different ways that we might not be able to understand if we weren't there. And like, I'm not into history in terms of like, you know, World War II and all that. I don't like, I've never been interested in that stuff, but I'm really interested in music history and like going back to the source. And you must see that all the time. And that probably is a quite a, a simple, easy segue to like what I wanted to dive in with you, which is first of all, which is music and history and, and dance music. First of all, me saying dance music, is that how you describe what you showcase? Like, I feel like it could be electronic music, could be house music. What, what do you say? It, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I say dance, I say, um, yeah, usually I say dance, electronic music. Um, I mean, it's more than that, though. But, you know, I am playing the disco music. I am playing, you know, funk and soul. It, like the the roots of dance music come into it. Nice. So yeah. you would have, you know, reggae and dub in there, too. So um, and rock and like the, it is so expansive is, you know, music for people to dance to or not dance to as well. You know, like I don't care so much like it doesn't have to always be that way but um it yeah so but okay let's just go with dance music dance music is good it's almost like pop music or or rock music it's like there's so many yeah. subgenres. yeah calling it house music is wrong if i said like you do a house music show it's not accurate, no yeah because you know? uh, yeah uh, there is there's techno you know sometimes or yeah. yeah there is there's different genres that that happen so i i do yeah Dance is a good broader term. Umbrella term. So yeah. in your 25 years, I'm rounding up, uh, that's, but we're uh, almost yeah, there. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds there. good. What if I'd love to know what you've seen evolve. Things must have evolved in terms of like obviously the sound of dance music has changed and evolved. I'd love to like know from you. You know, DJing, how that might have evolved. I think we're even seeing that this year. And like, say, for example, you see Frank Ocean pull out and you've got Skrillex Fortet and Fred Fred again on the main stage doing like kind of a sloppy, kind of like almost like UK style, you know, mate set. Like, I feel like I'm obviously it's still things are still going to always change. But what have you seen? In, it's It's hard to encapsulate in one answer that how things have changed, but you must have seen people's approaches change over time to dance music. Yeah, for sure. I think um, when I started, it was much smaller, you know, and, and I think, you know, pre, this is pre like EDM and everything getting, you know, giant and going like Las Vegas style or whatever, the, the, um when i started it's we still we still had a lot of the classic new york clubs um going on and then those quickly died out like a, a twilo um say those died out and then it, everything went to like here in new york what i experienced was everything went to like small bars and that's what you know we had this one bar called Plant Bar that that was where kind of I met the DFA crew. And we're talking like 50 people would be in there. And um, I would DJ, I was, you know, I would DJ opening set there from like 7 to 10 p.m. But that was kind of like where I met a lot of people and you saw, I don't know, this is kind of like that the melting pot of you know Luke from the Rapture was the bartender there, so I would talk to him all the time, 
Um, and, you know, like Chick 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 was there. And, you know, kind of you would just go to these little bars. And then things started moving. You know, I'm going to say in a New York sense, if we're talking about evolution right now, you know, it, things started moving to to Brooklyn is what I saw. And then things kept moving out from Brooklyn, like into the outer reaches of Brooklyn to the border with Queens. And you saw bigger clubs starting to open again. And it started to be, um, you know, until now, it, like I think the, the club scene now feels bigger than it was when, you know, I first started where it, it does feel like this circular evolution if if we want you know that that we've we've come full circle and things are are huge again i mean just like you're saying with um coachella but it, it is it's 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 interesting that um i think it was like a tough period for a while where you know I, I always think of New York as this, these classic clubs and then they all shut down and I was like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, this isn't, this is fun, but this isn't, this isn't really going anywhere. And, you know, years pass and, and things start to like, yeah, it, it's fun now. There's just like so many places to play. And I think, um, that kind of evolution in a broader sense, if you take it outside of New York, um, I guess I saw, I've seen over the years, you know, the kind of heart of the music scene change, right? Where, you know, I would say for a while it was New York, then it moves to London, and then it moves to Berlin. And then now I think it moves, yeah, now I think it's it's still it's moving it's moving out of Berlin and it's you know finding its uh new spot. But um I think I think it's always it does seem like it's always on the move a little bit cuz everyone's trying to find the new spot. Like uh, a club yes, you can have a club for 20 years or 30 years like Smart Bar in Chicago. But um you know, everyone at the same time is also looking for the new spot, you know, and, and that's kind of like, it feels like worldwide, everyone, you know, looking for that new city. How has, uh, Tim Sweeney, the DJ evolved since he's been a DJ till now, do you think? Yeah. I mean, my format thing has changed too. Um, cause yeah, for, for sure at the start it was all vinyl and now I'm, I love digital. Um, it, it does make life easier, but it's, it's a different, it, it is different when you're DJing, uh, you never turn your back on the crowds now, you know, cause you're always facing out and, and before you would always like turn around to go pick records. Uh, that was like, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's different, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, for me, I guess. I always think like it, it is about um, that, you know, just finding the best record, finding the best music and playing it for people, you know, like as long as you're playing great music and you're having fun, um, you know, it doesn't matter about like your format or um, how you're doing it. It's like, just, just have a good time and make sure the crowd is having a good time. How has, you know, you've been doing the Apple Music version of Beats in Space for a little while now. Like, how how has that transition been for you? Is it, you know, you you were doing it on WNYE for such a long time. Um, Apple is a completely different beast in terms of a company, but obviously Apple Music is, you know, still relatively young, even though like doing amazing things. How how has that been for you? Yeah, I mean that change. It was it was definitely scary uh, at the start because you know I didn't know how it would go, and obviously I was so used to twenty years of Beats and Space on college radio, where um, 
like I did everything right. Um, so I, I was nervous um, coming in here and like, and there's like a lot of, you know, uh, names here. So it was like, uh, it was, You're it was a name. scary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. But you know, you got like, like there's, I couldn't, I couldn't learn from people at WNYU, right? Because it was like me and then like an 18 year old doing their show. You know? <laughs> so it was, it was hard to like push things um, that way. I mean, I was, you can still learn from someone like there, you can find someone who's like really into it and then you're still pushing things. But, um, you know, I, I was, I think, Moving here has been really fun because, you know, you have these classic um, radio people like a Zanelo or Ebro here in New York or Strombo, um, who's who's out in L.A. but um, from Canadian radio that just have like such giant history um, in radio. And I can just... It's it's fun that I can get in touch with them and ask them questions and I can, you know, improve things, you know, and I can push things a little bit more. Like all these questions that I have or like, you know, how do you interview a person like this or like, you know, how do you approach this situation? Um, like they have done it before. And so I get tips like that which is like i love it um i think you know overall it, it's it's a, it's a challenge for me um here to kind of still i mean it's always a challenge uh just to keep pushing and you know just to have fun each week with it which i'm still doing and i'm still booking all the djs and i'm still playing all the music I want. So in that sense, like I have way more freedom than I ever thought I would. And I hope I always have that. I'm like knocking on wood right now that I, that I always have that because that's, what's important. For, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to like lash out or anything, you know, like I, I love having this freedom and, um, and they've, they've really given it to me. So um, that's been amazing. And it's been fun to kind of like, it's like, okay, now I have these, you know, now I'm here at this bigger thing. How can I use this to like grow the show? And what can I do to make things like get more listeners? What can I, how can I do this? You know, like how can I use each element here to make it better? And, and that's been fun. And it's like, it's, that's going to take me forever to figure out, you know, like there's just no way I'm going to figure it out. But it is fun. I feel like every week I, I do learn something new and and I enjoy that because I don't want to stay stagnant, you know, and I just want to keep having fun. I want to keep learning. And I think I'm I'm still doing that. That's so wild, man, because like that that kind of energy, a lot of people I speak to, I spoke to Shervin Lenez, a, a music photographer uh, last week and it's that same hunger to learn and to grow and know that nothing is perfect and that but you you want to kind of chase not perfection but chase that thing that you you had when you started the show is what you're saying exactly now how do i find more audience how do i improve how do i get better how do i make this a better thing which is like so cool to me to see because you you've you have done it for so long and you've achieved so much and i've got two last questions for you one is about that thing that I mentioned at the beginning. Do you, do you, can you recognize, do you recognize that what you've done is an institution of sorts? Do you think that it, 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 it's, it's you, it's Tim Sweeney, it's you curating, it's you presenting. It's also documenting. It's also celebrating. It's also like a whole history of, of music that, that like I, you know, when you talk about Ebro, you talk about Zane, you are amongst those people and you're talking, you know, I'm talking about essential mix and things like that. And it exists as a marker in someone's career. Do you feel that? Or is it just like you're, you're, you're a guy DJing, doing your thing? 
I no, I I, just, I don't actually I don't think of it that way. I still just I'm excited when someone <laughs> will come on. I, I'm still like uh, I'm I'm happy about it. I I definitely am not thinking like you know this is your oh, moment. You're lucky. Yeah. yeah, you're. This is your. Yeah, you're lucky. To, um. Well, maybe I would only think that if someone was uh, like an asshole and then I'd be like, yeah, yeah. But no, for the most part, my thinking, I'm always thinking like I want to keep improving things, you know, I want to keep pushing it. And so like I never, I'm not settled with where I am, you know, like I, I can't feel like this is a, this is it, you know, like, cause I think there's something else. Right. You know, like I want to go, I want to keep going. So there, I, I don't feel like I've hit where I want to hit. And I don't, I, I'm not going to just sit and I, I, that, like, I feel like if you thought that way, like that, this is the institute, then you're just, then you're boring. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, then you're just like, where, where, then you don't, you don't change anything. Right. And you wouldn't, I mean, and maybe you don't need to change anything, but still you need to like, you need to i want to push some boundaries and i want to um you know i think that's how you still have fun with the radio show each week it's like i don't i don't want to get burnt out um uh, and i haven't gotten burnt out doing the radio show every week you know for this long um and you know that's just because i i feel like there is always some next thing um here like and i don't know what that is you know like i don't know if that's the next interview is going to be insane and i'm going to get that uh that story that is you know i've always wanted or it's going to be that someone plays this track and or i get to play i mean probably what i want always is i want to play the track that you know blows up or you know like i get this edit or i make this song that everyone you know, once or, you know, like there's just so many other things or I get this recording. We record at some crazy place on the top of, you know, some mountain or, you know, like there's always things. And, and so I'm not, I'm not settled in thinking like, Oh, it's great. Yeah. That, um, you know, you're so lucky to come on here. I, I'm, I'm happy to, that people still want to come on, you know, like, honestly, like I, that's, I'm more happy that it still is relevant. That's wonderful. I, I, I didn't want to, it definitely wasn't trying to push you to be like, yeah, it is an institution. I am amazing. <laughs> but I think it's what I ended up getting out of that was like the ego of it or the lack of the the kind of the, the, the willingness to want to always provide and to always grow and to always create something fresh that is exciting rather than, being self-aware of the presence that now exists with what you do. And, and it's more about the journey for you than like the brand of Tim Sweeney and the brand of beats in space. That's bestowing this thing on you. And I think, I think about like John Peel who like until he passed was still putting on the things before anyone else was, was aware of it. And you can still look back at that. And that's, it wasn't like, congratulations. I'm John Peel and you're on. It's like, no one cares about this yet. And I care about it. And it feels like there's a there's an element to for what you do, which is like, whatever will be will be. But I want this, you know. I mean, I, you know, in my head when I like see things, I'm like, I'm not stopping until I'm dead. So you know, like wow. I will still be doing. You know, like I don't care. I, I can get fired from here, but I'll still be doing this somewhere, uh, in some way. You know, like that's that's how I feel about it. Like I, I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll go to move to Melbourne and be on triple R. You know, I love triple R, uh, um, you know, like I'll retire, I'll be retired over there and then just doing <laughs> it, you know, as a old man doing this radio show, uh, every week uh, and like just playing music and that I love. And for me, that, it just gives meaning to, to you know, life. I guess I don't know. For me, like that's what I find enjoyable. I think it's cool that you could kind of do it for so long. Go to Apple Music and and perhaps go to like a, not saying you need to or will, but like yeah, 
go to a community radio station one day in your future and be like, hell yeah, I'm still doing it. Like, I love this, you know? <laughs> Do you, last last question for you is about uh, uh, advice. I know you've, you, you, you represent a certain um, individual in music and, you know, with so much experience in radio and DJing, I guess for the radio broadcaster and for the DJ, you know, what are your words, words of wisdom, Mr. Sweeney? I mean, it's generic to say, but it is, you know, it is about having fun with it. Like in the end, you have to be having fun. Like if you're not, then just like put your effort into something else that you're going to have more fun with, you know? Um, obviously, it's not fun all the time and i stress out like every day uh for the most part but um you know i it, it, i love it and i've loved it since i was you know 14 or whatever um and i think you know i do go back to that feeling that i had when i um first started and i was like you know class to go play on college radio and that that feeling that that brought and that kind of like excitement and the you know there's that idea that anyone can be listening at any point so you have to you have to bring it always bring your best you know you don't know who could be listening so um i i think for me um it is always about trying to um, have fun and, you know, don't, don't, don't make the show boring. You know, you have to have like something, you make it interesting, you know? So um, that is, yeah. What, what can you do? What, what's the next thing so that you don't get bored with the radio show? Um, and I, you know, I think for me, um, this challenge here is, you know, I've started to doing longer interviews with people and that's been a challenge because before I didn't, I did really quick interviews with artists. Some, some interviews were longer than others, but for the most part, I did really quick interviews and now I'm kind of doing like sit down interviews with people and that's a, that's been fun for me. So it's kind of like, you know, evolving and kind of figuring things out and, and how do I get better at this? And, um, you know, that's, I'm still having fun with it, like in finding a new way, um, to have fun with it. And, um, like it, it is something, um, you know, I hope other people like who are getting into radio and, or DJing just, yeah, just keep that passion. You know, to try not to get burnt out. Um, try not to uh, go go crazy. <laughs> I think that it's a really, really beautiful thing to to hear from you. That it's. I think the thing I love about radio is that you never know. Like you said, you never know who's listening, and. I'm sure you've impacted a lot of people that have come up to you and told you, but a lot of people, like I told you before we went on air, I've always listened to Beats in Space, but I've never commented anywhere. I've never interacted in any way besides press play. <laughs> but I've always listened, you know, and there's so many of us out there and uh, that's important for any radio broadcaster or even for any DJ. But I, I'd, I'd say like, I don't know, on behalf of some somebody, myself maybe even, thank you for what you do. Um, I don't want to speak for everybody, but thank you for what you do. And, and, and uh, you know, the play the play count means something, I think, that you you might not get a comment from everyone, but that, like, there's you just people know and trust it. And that comes with a lot of, a lot of time and dedication um, to your craft and that enjoyment. So, Tim Sweeney, thank you so much for for joining me tim sweeney speaks volumes as as we should say at this point and i really appreciate you being part of this derek thank you for having me and um 
It's great to be a part of it. And I'm loving what you do. And it is inspiring also to see what you're doing. And that, like, just watching that is something, you know, I am seeing that, you know, I see, I see you, I see what, I see what's going on, you know, and, and, and that is, is cool. So, um, it's fun, you know, I'm happy to, to be here and yeah, just thank you, Derek. Thank you, Tim. Everyone listen to Beats in Space. You already do anyway. Even if you don't think you do, you do. Everyone does. My wife, like I told her, she's like, oh my gosh, like she's listened to it so much, but we've never spoken about it ever. You know, that's really? the thing about, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we've never spoken about Beats in Space, but obviously you you come across it. If you love music, Beats in Space is part of your life in some way. Tim Sweeney, thank you so much. And uh, bye for everyone else. Thank you for listening.